Welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, we have comedian Dan Cummins. This is another one of those mashup episodes that I do with Christopher James, where the show is half on the mic and half in movie nerds we trust. Uh, we were really excited to sit down with Dan. Uh, we, both of us have always been a huge fan of his shows um, and of his comedy, so it was great to sit down with him while he was in Salt Lake performing at Wise Guys Comedy. Uh, Dan was nice enough to invite us up to his hotel room here, and uh, yeah, we sat down and talked some movies with him, uh, as well as talked you know, a little bit about his career. Uh, the films that he had picked was Tombstone, Misery, and The Big Lebowski, so it was a lot of fun. Three movies that I've always thoroughly enjoyed, as well as Christopher. So it was a lot of fun being able to talk with Dan about that. Uh, Dan also just released his fifth stand-up album on Warner Brothers Records, Don't Wake the Bear. You can pick that up on iTunes or online. We'll have all the links for that on the site. But yeah, definitely go pick that up. Dan is a phenomenal comic. And, you know, you're de- if, if you've never heard him, you know, no better time aside from the podcast to check out his stand-up album. So make sure you go and pick that up, whether online grabbing a physical copy or head over to iTunes and get it downloaded. So I can promise you, you will love the album. So but thank you so much to Dan Cummins for taking the time to uh, to sit down with us and chat. We had so much fun during this episode, and I really know you guys are going to love this one. So we've been off for a few weeks here, uh, partly because, of course, I was on the road. I have been coast to coast to coast. So New York City, New Jersey, Portland, Los Angeles, every city was absolutely amazing, and I could not have had more of an incredible time. I'm kind of glad to be back back home and, and ready to kind of relax for the next uh next couple months here and uh, and be able to get ready for the holidays and of course finally finish the book so I was planning uh, you know to have the book uh, released this coming month or in December uh, but things got pushed off with so much travel I uh, didn't expect things to quite go as crazy as they did traveling you know it's, it's just been a whirlwind so last weekend we were at Festival Supreme in Los Angeles uh, if you don't know what that is it's a music and comedy festival uh, that, that Tenacious D puts on and it oh my god it was such an amazing time so we have a special episode coming up on that next week and later this week we also have uh, the episode of Christopher and Jesse and I uh, in Los Angeles that episode was actually supposed to come out last week um, but due to some unforeseen circumstances uh, was not able to release that we will talk more about that in an episode later on uh, in November here uh, had, had, a, had a little bit of a crazy time the last, the last little bit here and uh, just still kind of trying to wrap my head around some things and and, uh, yeah, but hey, we're, we're here now, so we've got a great episode for you today. Uh, you know, ma- make sure you're following us on Twitter, at On The Mic Podcast, as well as following my personal page, at Tim Drake. So, and of course, we'll have Dan Cummins' links up on, on uh, the website, onthemicpodcast.com. So you can follow Dan and see, again, you know, everywhere you can download his albums. They're albums that you're going to love. And of course, you know, be following in Movie Nerds We Trust, at Trust Your Nerds. And of course, Christopher James, at Fat Guy Punchline on Twitter. So, of course, you hear Christopher a lot on the show, so and there'll be plenty more. And big news, we're going to be touring the show in 2017. So if you want us to be able to come to a city near you, you know, hit us up. Let us know that you want us to come to your city, So and we're, we're, we're going to do our best to make it happen. So any comedy clubs out there, you know, we want to be there. We want to be putting on an awesome show. And in, any comics that are listening to this, you know, we want to be able, you know, to help promote you, to help promote your comedy. So, you know, reach out to us. You know, we, we're always more than welcome, you know, to, to hearing new comics, exploring new comedy options. 
we, do, we just love comedy, we love entertainment, we love performing. So yeah, we're, we're really excited to be bringing the show out to you this this coming year, um, starting I, I believe in January. Uh, you know, is, is when is some of the first dates on the road that we're looking at. Um, and yeah, as soon as those are kind of finalized, we will be announcing those. You know, via social media and of course on the website on the mikepodcast.com. Um, and also my new website uh, is going to be coming that has a bunch of the new writing and stuff that I've done, not just with Robot Butt, but on BuzzFeed as well as Funny or Die. So you'll be able to see all of that on there as well, um, as well as a few other uh, new video things that are coming out. So stay tuned for all of that. A lot of great stuff coming right now. And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. So and most importantly, since you're, since you're listening to this episode, you know, we are a week out from the 2016 election. Please, for the love of God, get out and vote. So this election is really important. So not, not that you know other elections aren't important, but this this election you know kind of carries some some extra weight to it. So you know make sure you get out and vote. Uh, if you still have time to register and vote in your state, you know make sure that you're registered to vote. For the love of God, get out and vote. This this is a really important election. So get out there, spend the time next Tuesday, and and make your make your vote count. Thank you again to Dan Cummins for sitting down with us while he was in Salt Lake City. We had so much fun talking with Dan, talking about movies with them. So I think you guys are really going to love this episode. Again, get out and buy Dan's new album, Don't Wake the Bear. Pick up his other albums as well. So you may as well, you know, have the whole collection. You have no excuse not to. And also check out Dan's new podcast, Time Suck, on iTunes. It is an absolutely awesome podcast. And, you know, the episode's only like 30 minutes long. So, you know, it, it's it's an easy episode to listen to while you're driving to work, driving home from work. You know, you crank out two episodes in that time. So it's a great show. We talk a little bit uh, about that on the podcast as well, so you'll hear even more about about what his what his podcast is about. Enjoy this episode with Dan Cummins. Hey. Hey, what are you fucking Fonzie over here with that? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I learned from Henry Winkler. <laughs> okay, that, I love, that was that entire blurry conversation. That oh I had yeah, that I tried to sneak a picture. Yeah, you tried for. to sneak a picture of that's just me and blurry Henry, uh, Henry Winkler. I can just say it's his ghost forever. Oh yeah, the ghost too, Henry Winkler. <laughs> yeah, I was always talking about it. She's like, you just have to give a good hey. Hey, I always thought like he was Canadian when I was a kid when he did that. Like hey, but he was too cool. He had a leather jacket. No one ever wanted to give him shit about it. No. Why, like would you, 50s, why would you give would've. shit to a guy with a leather jacket? He, he was cool. He had yeah. a, he had a smoke rolled up in his oh shit in his yeah sleeve. he did he smoked I forgot about that. Yeah, and he, then Richie, he was he was the overall badass. That's true. <laughs> I've hit ju- jukeboxes for years and they're yet to play for. Me. I still hit shit and it works. And as soon as it works, I go hey. And then all these millennials <laughs> look at me like, "What are you doing? Like that's not cool at all." <laughs> we just have an iPod. We just push play. Oh yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> Um, but not only are we doing a hybrid episode today, we have a very special guest. He just released his album, Don't Wink the Bear, and also his brand new podcast on iTunes, of course, Time Suck, Mr. Dan Cummins. Right, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show, man. I wish I had some, uh, some Henry Winkler uh, <laughs> tidbits to add. I, I, don't know, I don't know him. I don't know the fonts. I think of Arrested Development when I think of that guy, actually, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, I, I, I crack up where I, I was going to look up. I, my phone was off, but I was like... I was going to Google while you guys were talking about him. I'm like, I wonder how big he is. Because, well, you've been around. I feel like he's a tiny, tiny man, he is. right? He's shorter than I Yeah. And, and slight. Uh, well, now he's gotten a little older. But back in the in the Fonz days, that always cracks me up about TV shows where he was like a tough guy. Yeah. But he was a tough guy who was probably literally like a buck 30, yes. a buck 40, <laughs> like five, six, five, seven. It's like, who? 
who is afraid of that guy? Like, <laughs> how tiny are the other people in your community? <laughs> like, I feel like Henry Winkler and his like physical prime could maybe like dominate like a uh, uh, a rural Filipino village <laughs> <laughs> of even smaller people than himself. <laughs> Well, the man can jump a shark. He can do anything. Right? <laughs> he was super cool. He was super cool. Um, you're in town doing a Wise Guys, headline Wise Guys. Yeah, man. This is like a, one of the – I think this is the club I've worked the longest of any – like Keith was oh, like okay. – I started in one of his uh, – he had a little experiment kind of in Spokane at one point when he was starting. It wasn't called Wise Guys then. It was called Laughs. And oh, okay. Then kinda, and then I kind of – I think it was him and maybe um, Dave Dennison out of Seattle might have been partnered with it. And then Dave Dennison kept the name. And then Keith started Wise Guys. But at one time, he had, like, a little weekend room. And so it was like, I, I think Keith saw me do a guest set when I was, like, two weeks into comedy. Oh, shit. And then uh, and then Nick Tyson, a guy, a friend of his up there in Spokane, recommended me to this club. But I, but I first came down, I don't know, to do, like, some summer headlining things. I was only, like, two or three years in. Uh, but at that time, like, <laughs> Keith was – the club was also in its infancy – and so it was easier to get a headlining spot there. Like, the competition wasn't what it is now, and the money wasn't either. So it's like, you know, in the past, I'm like, God, why would you book me? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I was getting, like, $500 <laughs> for, like, six shows or something. You know, like something, you know, and it was the summer. But, yeah, no, it's, it's a fun – it's a really fun club. This is my first time in the new location. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty nice, right? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It has that town hall feel to it. Like, I feel yeah. like, you know, waiting for Boo Radley to go up and start. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's true. It does. Yeah, it does have that. Wait, when yeah, they right. had the uh, the Trump-Bernie uh, debate there, the oh, uh, yeah. Domian and uh, Troy. Oh, Troy Conrad, right? Not no, Conrad. I can never pronounce his last name. Amatuck? Oh, I don't know who it is. So, but when, right. yeah, when, they, when they had it there, it was like, it was very fitting. It was very, uh, it felt it was very, very, it was very town hallish. And <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. But oh, yeah, this, the new venue is fantastic. I've, yeah. I've loved it. Yeah, I started yeah. at the Wise Guys West Valley one. The, yeah, that's like, the one I did the most. One. That was oh, the yeah? one, even when, even when I um first started that gig I was telling about. That was it was at that location. They had that location for a long time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you ever do the Charlie Square one? Yes. So that, that, I, I loved that one. one. That was the one I had started at. Was oh, the Charlie yeah? Square one? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was um, a really really fun one. Very intimate. Like you didn't, you know, fifty people in that Charlie Square one, and you felt like a rock yeah. star. Yeah. Like, an acoustics were really good, and just the the vibe of that place was really cool. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was a good it was one. great. I love that one. It's awesome. So you've had, like, a pretty good relationship with Keith going through the years. Yeah, I have. We kind of, um, like, as he grew as a club owner, I kind of was growing as a comic, and, yeah, we've always just kind of gotten along. So, yeah, no, I, uh, I like Keith a lot. That's awesome. Plus, I mean, like, going through your, like, uh, you know, your comedy career, like, you've got, like, five cds out now right yeah 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 i just completed like the old school record deal where it's like uh i think it helped me at first and then maybe it hurt me more recently but it was um it was five with warner brothers and so oh, which sweet. is like a weird nobody does that i mean even at the time five was a little long maybe three was more common but five was what they wanted and uh <laughs> it was good it was good for the first few but then it's like it's made it harder to get specials and we're lately because i am not free like most places, they want to produce it themselves, or they want to have a production company. They like do it, or they want to do like an exclusive. And when you're with a, a label, you're not free to do that because they want to own it. So they want their cut. So I'm, I'm, it was good, but I'm, uh, I'm really happy about the the, the, the new album. Don't eat the bear. The, the video will still come out. I'm still waiting to see. Uh, they they met Warner Brothers. They they did suck with the video big time. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, they messed a whole bunch of stuff up. Like it was like so everything they could mess up, they did mess up. And then New Wave, uh, Comedy Dynamics, who does a lot of them, they have taken it over. I literally just saw their first cut last night. 
after the shows, and finally it looks right. And and now so th- so now they'll be able to distribute it somewhere. I don't know where, but sweet. So, yeah. Is it the whole mess where they kind of move some of your um, bits around? No, I know I've heard of I've heard of certain companies. Comedy that Central has yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, I had a flow to it. That, that was all. I had. A, I was very like involved. That was all intact. It was literally just stuff like shaky camera shots. Um, uh, you know, color correction issues. Oh. Okay. And then just uh, the type of edits, like going too quick between shots. No, and right. then, um, but a lot of things that show up on like a quality c- control when a network's looking at, you know, wanting to put it on there, they do this QC test and it, you know, it failed, and it was like it failed on a numerous kind of shot reasons. And then the audio uh, was really not good. Like it was, uh, uh, it just the initial audio mastering was horrible. And then we had a guy redo it, and it sounds now it sounds like when I was there. But I had guys do it that were had a, a music background. They had never done comedy before, but they'd done a lot of live music, and they. Kind of like um, – I didn't mind shooting it that way so much like you a concert in a way. But they did the audio like you would do a concert for like a live band where, you know, when the when the band's playing, you keep the audio real low on the audience. And then in between songs, you jack it up. Right. And they did that on the mix, and it just sounded fake. It sounded like weirdly like quiet. Like you were bringing in like the canned – Yep. It oh, sounded man. like a laugh track. And I was just like – I was so mad about it. And it took – and then I had this guy who did all my previous albums. He took the same raw footage, remastered it, and now it sounds like it did when you were there. Now I'm like, I'm like, they wanted it to be, to be too clean. I'm like, no. I'm like, you want to hear yeah. people laughing organically behind me as I'm talking and let it build and drop and stuff. Otherwise, it just it's so it sounds so shitty. Yeah, it's too tailored. Yeah, it was yeah. way too clean where it sounds fake. Yeah, and that yeah. album it sounds fantastic, <clears throat> and you did it at the depot here in Salt Lake. Oh, thanks. You heard yeah. the, the yeah no that that's the the final master, night and day compared to what it used to. So I'm really happy oh, really? now. So it was, it was a long, annoying year and a half process, but the end result is uh, I really like it. I had a buddy do the artwork for the album design. I, I really like the whole thing now, and it did well. That made me feel good, um, even though there wasn't a, a special attached when it came out. It did. Uh, on Billboard and stuff, a lot better than my other albums. So that always feels good, you know? Nice. And it was number one on the iTunes charts for a little yeah. while. Yeah, like a week and a half or yeah. so, yeah. So that felt good. Yeah. So I, I've, I've loved, especially recently, seeing so many comics that I have followed for a while yeah. that continue to hit that hit that yeah. number one spot as a new album comes out. Yeah. And, and even on even on Netflix, seeing some of those that pop up. And yeah. This year watching the Emmys, too, is like so many comics I've watched for so long oh, yeah. that are all of a sudden finally getting their dues. And I was just like... Oh, this, this is a good time for comedy. Well, I know, seeing right? Some of those albums and specials coming. Yeah, out. yeah, it is. There's there's a lot of like good opportunities out there. So yeah, yeah, it's I, nice. I love seeing all those Netflix like original series like uh, stand up specials coming out too, which has been pretty. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Which I'd love to see you do one of those. Episodes. I know. I, I, I that was the. Oh, it's a long story, but there was um we were trying to kind of like buy our way out of this contract. Oh, for the okay. last one we didn't do it, but. There was a different company involved where I, I, in my gut, I feel like, dang it, if we would have just pulled that trigger and went with them, they have a great relationship with Netflix. I bet this one would have been a Netflix one. Yeah. There's still a small chance it might end up there just through New Wave, but uh, but now I'm like the, the show you saw last night mm-hmm. is the new the beginning of the new hour. So I'm hoping I can tighten that up and then try to get a Netflix special that way. But I've, uh, oh, yeah. nice. Like I'm already like if, you, if somebody listens to the album, they're not going to see any of the material from the album at the, at the new show. Sweet. I mean, the album was really good. I love – this is why I love – I look forward to every comedy album. Is yeah. If they tie the title of it into oh, the album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of – most of them, like 99% do. Yeah, some which, make it abstract, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I love, I love that joke. Where oh, thanks, man. I, and I was like, oh, I didn't even have to think about it. What if it did mean like <laughs> – 
<laughs> I do like starting with like a familiar thing like uh, in that one. That was a fun one to do where, you know, just to play on relationships or whatever like that. And, you know, s- sex in a relationship and then taking it to bear fucking. Yeah. Like yeah. just uh, I-, I love like throwing those weird turns in to have the audience be like, what the hell? Which is good. And then you had yeah. uh, you play that voicemail from your. Oh, yeah. From Lindsay. Wife, which was so a real cool. voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, no, love I, that. I think it's a good way, not just even in stand up, but I've heard Key and Peele liken that that's what that kind of, you know, helped their success too was you go down that path where everybody yeah. thinks it's the the yep. safe path, and then all of a sudden it's just a hard left turn where no oh, one's, yeah. everyone's just like, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That coming anywhere. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting to try and take an audience in like a very unexpected direction. You know, like when you pull it off, it feels so much fun. Like, I was actually surprised that, uh, a bit you saw last night. I couldn't believe the audience. I, I feel like they went with it more than it was that religion chunk. Yeah. Where, like, I, I go, it get really weird and dark. And it was like, I remember, like, I, I was thinking it was funny while I was writing it. But I was, like, the most nervous I've maybe ever been about a bit to try that one out. Because I'm like, this could end the show. This could just, like, the audience could be like, <laughs> nope, we are done. We do not want to hear anything you have to say. Because I get to, like, yeah. like grandma fucking and, like, real <laughs> a weird thing about a popsicle stuck in your ass. And, like, it gets, it gets a, lot it, of, a lot it, of weird. It all makes sense in the narrative. It, it pays off. It, it <laughs> definitely pays off. Nice. There, there are very few jokes that will that I'll hear a comic do that will forever stick with me. And that is one of them. So because there's always <laughs> going to be that moment that somebody is going to say one of those lines to you. And you're going to be like, yep. Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so there, there, there's one kind of down that same realm of of an awkward butthole experience where the, yeah, uh, yeah. Crystalia talks about uh, in awkward <laughs> small talk conversations, yeah. just reaching around and putting his finger in his butt. Oh, and yeah. Every single time I'm in an awkward conversation, yeah. people will be they'll be chatting my ear off, and I just kind of start to smirk, and they think that I'm. That I'm laughing at something they're saying, and all that's going through my head is my hand reaching around. (laughs) Uh, It's like that Pete Holmes uh, McDonald's bit where, like, he's at a party, and he's like, the best way to get out of it is, like, you know, this party's McDonald's, and then everybody shuts up. It's like, I'm loving it, and I'm going to say it on a date. Fucking (laughs) just ruin the bad dates. (laughs) I know. That's, like, a big fear of being a comedian. You, like, have a really good set, and you, like, wonder, like, this could fucking be good, or it could be fucking disastrous you mean like like when you're when the set's going along and you, and you try yeah. one of those weird ones yeah oh yeah definitely because it's like and especially when you're i think at least the way i do it i don't if the show is already like feeling like a little fragile i'm not going to even try it like if it's an audience that i feel like i got to kind of stay on top of i'm not going to really experiment with like a new piece but then what yeah what does suck is like if you but if you're having like a great show you're like i, I know i could just keep making this be a great show or i could just selfishly Throw in this yeah. bomb that'll eat, that'll make it an even better show, or ruin everyone who's paid to come here tonight. Like it's just going to bring it to a grinding halt. But it's uh, so you definitely get like, but kind of like those nerves in a good way. I like the, I like getting that you know sixteen years in or whatever from the first time I did open mic to still get those butterflies. Yeah, and still get nervous. It's yeah, it feels good. It kind of it's a, it's a weird it's a cliche thing. You kind of still feel alive doing it. You know? Cause oh yeah, yeah. I, I feel like hype. you got to keep challenging yourself. Yeah, and. Uh, and and just keep for me it's like a journey of just honesty where it's like I'm past the point where I'm interested in trying to shock anyone for the sake of shock like that I have no interest in that but it's uh but I do want to get my real uh opinions out there and it's funny like I remember my, my son's old enough now 
where he was kind of asking me about career and stuff. And he was, he's asked me, I, sometimes I work with Brian Regan and Brian Regan's like really clean. And, uh, and I was saying, well, that's part of, you know, definitely part of his success too. Is like, he's able to like let kids come and, and he's a very funny, obviously dude. And, uh, and then my son was like, well, why don't, why don't you be clean? Cause like, he knows that he can't listen to most of my stuff. And the yeah. stuff he can is like, there's still like a fair amount of profanity. And I just told him, I'm like, cause I don't fucking like that. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, I like that. I have to do what I like. And then uh, just trying to explain like that that artistic thing with him, and yeah, it's like you know, part of me, sometimes part of me wishes like I just had more mainstream thoughts in a way because it would be. I used to look down on some of those comics like, oh, they're being so safe, but I'm like, maybe they're not. Maybe that's just who they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's then it's silly to be edgy if you're not if you don't have those thoughts. But I genuinely have a lot of violent thoughts. <laughs> and like, and a lot of just uh, hate of society, and like you know, uh, I, I'm not a fan of organized religion. Like like those things. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are very religious, and I respect them very much. But I can't pretend to not have my thoughts. Yeah. So that's why I think the longer you get it, you know, before I would always worry more about the audience and myself. I'm like, yeah, but what if so and so heard? Oh, but what if my father in law heard? Oh, what if that heard? And then after a while, you're like, well, why even do this if you can't? Exactly. It's, like, it's yeah. like the regular conversation I have with my parents. I mean, growing up in, in of all places, Salt Lake, and I'm yeah. the black sheep of the family where they're all very religious and conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like a book that I co-wrote a few years ago mm-hmm. when that came out, I'll never forget the text I got from my brother the day that it came out where he was just like, you know, I was going to tell people to buy your book, but I can't tell them to buy it with that kind of stuff in it. I'm like, that's fine. You don't need right, to tell them right, to exactly. buy it, but yeah. I'm not going to write... A, a book that's this religious piece for you guys. And for, yeah, for you. When my new book comes out in another few months here, they're definitely not going to yeah. want to read that yeah. one because it, it tackles it even more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't remember who said it. It was a Nerdist episode I heard to where this guy says that comedians were like the modern-day martyrs. You know, we yeah. go ahead. We're the ones who are only, like, brave enough to say stuff. And, yeah, people are going to backlash and stuff. Like right. The, the guy who got sued for a joke he did about... Like, oh, in Canada Netflix. or something. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But it is important. It's important, I think, to have that... Uh, it's funny because that, that guy's joke, I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> but, but I think it is important to, um, you know, to... Yeah, to be honest, I... I didn't do it last night, I don't think, but I have a, a part of one of my bits that I'm working on about just that, about how, like, you know, it's kids can be so honest. Like, my kids are so honest, but adults get punished for honesty. And, like, this is one of the few jobs where it's, like, I'm rewarded for being brutal. Yeah. But, you know, that, it is a rare thing, and so I do feel like it's an important responsibility. And, and that thing about, yeah, you what's always bugged me about uh, when you're not religious and you're expressing your opinions around people who are they take it personally, yeah. like they're directly insulted. Where I'm like, so how is it okay for you to fill your house full of uh, religious artifacts and all that, and and talk about it all the time? And uh, I almost got into like a, a really not fun argument with the radio DJ uh, th- about this, where he like he was just me saying I wasn't religious like upset him, you know, <laughs> okay. because he was, and he's and then he made he's like, well, he goes. He goes, you'll uh, you'll change your mind uh, when you're old, you know, and on your deathbed. I'm like, no, I won't. I go, <laughs> I go. My great grandpa, it was an atheist till the day he died, and so was everybody else inside of the family. And it's like never uh, faltered on that, never like bitched out at the end. And then he made some comment that really like fired me up. But, he, but he's like, well, I guess you'll just be in hell with them then. And I'm like, no, I won't, because your God's fucking fake, asshole. <laughs> you know, like 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 if you want to say that shit to me, it's like, yeah. and I'll say. But it's like, and then and then of course I'm sure he thinks like I was such a jerk. But it's crazy, like, and, and again, I have no problem with, like, like my mother-in-law is very Catholic, and she's, like, the most amazing woman 
I've maybe ever met. Like, she's like a saint. Like, she truly is. Like, my, my wife's mom is unbelievable. Doesn't care about conversations like this at all. She's not going to join in and be like, well, that's cool. Yeah. You know, good job, guys. <laughs> but she's not going <laughs> to get weird or, like, judgy or anything, which to me is, like, truly a Christian. That's just, but then I have, like, my, uh, her ex-husband, like, my father-in-law. He's the kind of guy. I made a joke on Facebook once. Uh, just on my Facebook page, my Facebook fan page, and, and Instagram, I think, and, and it was it wasn't a good joke. I'll admit that it was something stupid about um, Easter, and I put up, I found a weird picture of these dead rabbits that were hanging off of a fence, and I said it's um, uh, Jesus Cottontail and his apostles. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh my God. some weird reference to like how it's like it's nonsensical that a rabbit is tied to the death of Jesus. You know, something yeah. nonsensical. Yeah. It wasn't that funny. It was like it was just a stupid thing, but it was on my page. Yeah. He texts my father, texts my wife, and is like, I am very offended and very upset, you know, with oh. Dan. And I'm like, dude, I didn't knock on your door. I didn't like go over to your house, like, hey, man, hey, man, hey, open up, open up. Hey, uh, you know how you like Jesus? Well, check out this fucking picture of these rabbits. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you think of that? That would be offensive yeah. if I push it, but it's like, I'm just amazed when people, they, find it on your stuff which is the social equivalent i feel like of your house and they're angry with what you're doing in your house it's like well then get the fuck out of my house yeah yeah i I posted a joke a couple years ago on twitter where i said sitting in sunday school and and they asked uh who our favorite fictional character was and this time jesus was not the answer they were looking for oh no yeah and i get a call from my mom upset about that and i was like first off when did you get twitter second of all why the (laughs) fuck are you following me on twitter yeah yeah yeah. i don't know what timmy's up to yeah yeah, that, the, 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 there was that, and then this last year you saw the one. I, they oh, started yeah. putting chocolate crosses in what? stores, and I took a picture of it. And I said, and it just captioned it with "taking transubstantiation to the next level," and that just set off a tirade of people. And I was Gosh, just like, yeah. if you can't laugh at that, yeah. <laughs> and it and it's so silly. What cracks me up is I feel like with this specifically, I feel like I know far more about Christianity than ninety five percent of Christians. Oh yeah. Because I grew up in a religious house, you know, like studied the Bible, took theology classes in college. Like I actually am pretty familiar with the book and the belief system, and I'm amazed how many Christians are not. Yeah, and it's like that that candy right there. It's like the candy itself should be offensive to you. It's like yeah, exactly, and, 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 not it, the joke. And even the cross <laughs> itself is such a weird thing. Where I get you're representing the sacrifice he made, but I always think of that Bill Hicks joke about like Bill Hicks had a great, great, great joke about people wearing the cross. He's like, do you really think Jesus would want to see that if he came back? <laughs> He's like, to, see, to have that be the reminder of his legacy, the worst part of you know, his life. He goes, that's like wearing uh, – <laughs> such a good joke. He was like, that's like wearing a necklace with a little rifle on it. And go, going up to uh, Jackie Onassis and just pointing out, just, goes, just thinking of John, Jackie. Just thinking of John. Holy fuck. You know, it's like, yeah, it's the same thing. I uh, had an instance that sent me off religious-wise. I had missionaries, because they like to knock on your door. Yeah, they have here. to. Or I mean, I said they have to. But yeah, they're, 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 they think they They're pressured to, to yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. they knock, and I'm like, look, you know, I, I totally appreciate what you guys are doing. Yep. I'm, I'm not interested, you know. Right, right. I'm, I'm in here just trying to, you know. Enjoying my day, you know. There's a yeah. cartoon on. I'm a grown man. I just want to watch cartoons. And <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Before I go back to real life, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, your family's never gonna love you unless you talk to us." What? Yeah, that was a line they used. That was a line that they used. Wait, did your did your family send them? No. 
Oh, my mom. His family didn't love him already. (laughs) Which is exactly, I'm like, clearly you don't know my family because no matter what I do, they're not going to love me. That's such a weird line. Did you? It is. What was the follow up logic? Did you get to that point or did they just, you're like, get out of here? No, I asked him, like, why would you even say that? Like, do you know my family? No. But, you know, we know Jesus and we know that Jesus knows Ah, your family and he tells us, I'm like, what, do you have a daily conference with Jesus? Right, right. Phone like, hey, Jesus, it's five o'clock. I know it's pretty early where you're at. You know? I feel like missionary training must be similar. Did you guys ever do telemarketing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. And it's like one of the most shameful jobs I've ever had. Like, it yeah. was, I, I hated it so much. It was like the worst work experience of my life. But I remember like, you know, they have all those uh, like a format you're supposed to follow. Like you yeah. say this and then when they reject that. You throw Here, back Here's this. your counterpoint. Here's yeah. your counterpoint. And you have, I mean, I mean, there was like a supervisor listening in for training and making sure that you're doing I feel like that they must have those meetings for that. They're like, all right, yeah. you're, you're going to open with your family's not going to love you unless you do this. They're going to get weird. Then you point out Jesus. <laughs> you know, then you wedge your foot in the door. Then you scream. I don't know. You know, like whatever, like. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Mormons are just the, the telemarketers to God. They're God's telemarketers. Yeah. I, I do have to hand it to the Scientologist uh, missionaries, though. I was walking down Hollywood oh, Boulevard I one day. guys. And they're walking down. They've got their little T-shirts on. They had a QR code on the back. And I was like, I guarantee you scan that, and your phone is forever Scientology. Oh, yeah. Like, but that is genius. That's pretty yeah. good. Like you're in their database at that yeah. point. What do they wear? Because I've, you know, I've been in L.A. for a while, but I, I can never pick them out. The only few times I've actually seen them, they were just, on a, they were just in a T-shirt and jeans. But they, but they had like a banner or like a... Like yeah. Like they had their little their little pamphlets. I haven't seen them in a while, so they're I, very I, mysterious. Yeah, you know the Scientologists. Yeah, I, I I haven't seen them out out and about there in a while. I only got one mess. I only got one interaction with a Scientologist. I did a. It was like uh, several albums ago. Maybe I guess I mean a long time ago now. But I had a joke. Right, I, I did this little thing of naming my jokes for a brief period, and and I had this one joke, where I just said, uh, um, I did I, I described some crazy scenario, like really absurd, nonsensical. And then I was like, and that joke's called Scientology. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, and if you're a Scientologist and you're offended by that joke, uh, oh, man, I wish I could remember what the end it was. It was something horrible, just like, go fuck yourself. It was like very, yeah. um, dang it, there was some, but it, but it was very pointed at them. And some guy watched it at a conference, I, some college conference I used to do, and then, like, Facebooked me about, like, actually, you know, we're actually very respectable, da-da-da. And, you know, we have there's a lot of good points, you know, and you really shouldn't make fun of it. And I think I just literally just uh, Facebook, just go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I never heard from him again. Yeah, which is nice with technology. You can do a GIF with that so they're offended but slightly entertained. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can lighten the blow a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got your podcast you recently started as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking of Scientology, yeah. uh, I, feel like, I feel like that's a that's a topic. Oh yeah, I could do on my podcast for sure. Actually, I probably will. Uh, I'd love that to would have to be like a two part episode. You could oh, go yeah. so you could go so in depth into that. That's true. I know. I think about that with some topics, but yeah, like uh, yeah, no, I started this podcast. You know, I had a couple different podcasts years ago, but they weren't right. I mean, one, one I just didn't record them, you know, properly. They didn't sound amazing, and they were just like uh, I didn't think about them enough before I jumped into them. I remember one, I just felt pressured, and I was like, uh, by my agent at the time, and I was like, okay, okay, I'll do a podcast. And I just kind of threw something together, and I'm like, it was like angry. No, it's called Fired Up. But then I felt too much pressure to like be ranty all the time, because I'm not angry about everything, you know, and I didn't want to be yeah. like one dimensional. So that kind of like, after 20 episodes or 15 or so, I was like, oh, I just can't keep, I don't, I don't know how to keep doing this. 
And then the other one it was just with uh, two other guys called Naked and Fearless, and it started off as a fun like kind of writing experiment that morphed into a podcast, but it wasn't really my thing. It was more of like, you know, it was the three of us, but then we'd all get busy, and it was hard to collaborate, and it just became a pain in the ass. And so this last one, Time Suck, I really thought for a long time, I'm like, what could I see myself doing for years and years and not get sick of? Like, what's something I'm doing already? And I just thought, like, like I, I truly am, I've always been a super curious person. And I just, I love the age we live in in the sense of Google, where it's, it's like, you know, I remember like doing all my research papers, which I enjoyed actually doing in college. Unlike, you know, some of my friends, I, I liked research papers, but I didn't like having to go through microfilm and like, you know, the, go to the library and all the, oh, yeah, all yeah. the crazy, I can't remember, there was some database computer that we had at our library, but it was, you know, you'd look up the, and you'd see the synopsis of the article, then you'd have to go track down the, the actual tactile magazine, find the article, yeah. read the whole, it, it was a lot of fucking work. I, I even remember doing that, and that wasn't yeah. really that long no, ago. No, it wasn't that it long ago. It feels like it's 50 years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whenever they go back and show people like in movies that are like scrolling through during their yeah. research, uh, yeah, they make it soon. I was like, oh, yeah. it was only the mid-90s. Like It wasn't yeah. that, that long ago. Exactly, yeah, late 90s is when yeah. I was yeah. doing that, yeah. I appreciate it more like going to an 80s movie, watch them scroll through a library instead of Googling how to beat a werewolf. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> and it's like and it's like now on your phone or anything, you can just you know look up so much information. And yeah, there's like Wikipedia as maybe a launching off point. Sure, yeah. But then you can get to like the actual academic sources and things, and you know, and, and you can learn a lot quickly. And so... I was kind of doing that stuff anywhere just to put off work or whatever. Procrastinating, I'd be you know, working on some bits, and my brain can only handle working on a bit for every 20 or 30 minutes. I need to like step back for 15 minutes or something. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, um, and in those 15 minutes, I would just find myself in these weird time sucks or these weird like wormholes on the web where a lot of times it was supposed to be a 15-minute break, and I'd realize that uh, an hour and a half had gone by because I wanted to know like about Mick Jagger's early life, and it's like, what? Well, I don't even, I don't even, not even a big Rolling Stones fan. Like, why do I care so much about Mick Jagger all of a sudden? But it would just get curious, and I would just find something that would bounce me somewhere else. And so then I thought, well, why not just like take that and make a podcast out of? And I really love it. I've only done like, uh, like five episodes now, yeah. but um, I've already have other episodes lined up in my head, and and I'm getting like more. In, I'm trying to find that balance of research and comedy. But I make a whole outline before. I do, you know, probably like, I don't know, but six, eight hours of research on each at least. You know, but I enjoy it yeah. on each subject, and then I just try to think of like what's the best of that to condense into an outline that we, you know I can kind of move through and be funny with. And uh, yeah, so far it's like the first one was a lizard Illuminati. Was yeah, that was a great one. I really <laughs> like that one. That one was. Uh, I'm just fascinated by stuff like that. I was working with a, a person who I won't name on the outside chance that they ever listen to this as far as – not that they wouldn't listen to your podcast, but they just <laughs> – No, like, no, no. Not that way. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't think they listen to anything of mine, but I would never have to want to run into them again and, cause, because it's a person that is seemingly very intelligent in a lot of like regular life ways, but I found out after working with this person for like nine months, believe all these crazy conspiracy theories – and this and she brought up uh, the lizard Illuminati one time, and I just la I literally just laughed. I'm like, "What are you talking about, lizards?" <laughs> she did not laugh. Yeah. And she got really serious. She's like, "Look it up." I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Oh no." She's like, "It's real. Look it up." And then I'm just like, "What just fucking happened?" <laughs> like this this person I thought I knew is being very serious and a little indignant about like that me not believing lizards. So then I found an, I told another coworker and he's like, "Oh, you haven't heard about that?" I'm like, well, "What is this?" And, and he's like, "He's like, he's like, Google David Icke." 
And those are, and so then I did that and then lost hours of my yeah. life because there are there is this guy on the Isle of Wight named David David Ike who was like a BBC commentator and had a like kind of like an Al Michaels type like a fairly prolific commentator who just lost his shit over a couple of, he first, he kind of like his gateway drug was the Green Party like he got into some real environmental mm-hmm. stuff which is you know fine. But then that kind of got him into kind of like the new agey crystal type stuff. He's like the liberal Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Alex Jones. Oh, that makes me want to. Okay, I, he's one I could do about. So I'm gonna do an entire thing. On I'm him. gonna take a yeah. detour. And Alex, did you see? Just real, I don't want to forget the Alex Jones recent video of him talking about how Hillary and Obama are demons. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, and how and how they smell yet. like oh. sulfur and, and how flies what? in their face. Yeah. It's uh, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Yet. It's crazy, but okay. Obama referenced. Yep, I saw to that. It. I saw that too. Did he's, he really? He's like, yeah, they, they, oh they, my god! They say it's we smell like sulfur. Yeah, and then he. It was amazing. Oh, oh Alex Jones is so worked up, he's like practically crying, which yeah, he does he, weep sometimes yeah, on his show. he does weep. And, <laughs> does he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like w- sobs. There's one video, if you, can, if you just Google or, or on YouTube, if you just go Alex Jones weeping, he breaks down because he's so mad about our government and about the liberals that he just, like, like a baby, like sobs for several minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh it's unbelievable. He's mentally ill. But, um, oh, he, I cannot uh, wait to spend hours oh, watching this. But he his his video about <laughs> Hillary <laughs> having the, the flies on her face yeah. and how she's a demon from hell, uh, like a satanic, like oh it's unbelievable. But anyway, like yeah, so this guy David Ike he he just um had this weird epiphany where he thought he he found some old book and uh, and somehow reading this book got his brain moving and then he started he he thought he was a vessel for the some godhead figure that was going to speak like a prophet whatever he's yeah, a, yeah he's the prophet and his prophecies have to do with these anakai these lizards who real quick they just apparently there was a group of lizards in space from some other lizard planet and they need monoatomic gold which i've researched a bunch i don't even it's not a real thing it's like a pseudoscience thing it's like uh like if you went to like a weird Fucking new agey homeopathic shop in the back. They might we get a little bit of monatomic gold. <laughs> we, got a little, we, got a, we got a small vial of monatomic gold. My research is not doesn't seem to be a legit uh, thing. It's right next to the crystal skulls. Right, right, right next to the crystal skulls. <laughs> and he thinks that in the earth is apparently full of this. And the lizards they need that stuff to kind of feed. Uh, they need two things to feed. They need the gold dust to feed, and that allows them to shape shift. That's they're, they're big shapeshifters. It's very convoluted. Yeah. It's very convoluted this thing, but so they they go to Earth and then they make a bunch of tunnels because I guess you know you know lizards like live in the ground like yeah. burrow, so they live in their tunnel systems and they that's where they mine for the gold and then when they get enough gold they shapeshift and then they go fuck with humans and they can when they're shapeshifted they can breed with humans to keep the blood they want to create a bloodline that they can control through their lizard minds and. <laughs> what? Because what they really need for food is human discord. They feed off negative emotion. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah. if they can manipulate and create wars, then they're like, mmm, that's delicious, and their little lizard bellies are full, and they can get more. It's it's the most. It just truly, it's the ramblings of an obvious schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then those people go on to believe that that's who rules our entire yep. government. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, they put everybody in power, and they rule like out the the moon is actually not a moon. It's a it's <laughs> this is my favorite part of the lizard theory. The moon is like a like a Death Star, like a, oh yeah, space station. Yeah, it's a yeah. space station. It's it use it, it's like to control our thoughts. So it's a hollowed out. I just picture like lizards and kind of like old George Lucas kind of like a, a Federation kind of suits. You know, yeah. working on yeah. old computers. Just like, are we getting the thoughts? We got okay. Is Asia? Are those thoughts? <laughs> All right, good. 
You know, it's yeah. like, and, and it's like give that guy some more gay porn. <laughs> right, 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 right. Keep him distracted. Keep yeah. him distracted. <laughs> Becky called Debbie a bitch. That's a good one. That's a good shot. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, last, yeah. That's a week. And it just amazes me that like that. Not only does he believe this, that doesn't really amaze me that one person because I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. he can be mentally ill. What amazes me is that he writes books that hundreds of thousands of people have bought and that he goes on speaking tours and packs theaters full of people not making fun of him. <laughs> yeah. People who are just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people that read it were like, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah I can go with that. That is what is crazy. So, like, you know, that was one, uh, the clown scare. The clown one, the new yeah. one, was really great. I oh, thanks, that. man. Yeah. I, was, I was surprised by what I found on that, you know, that it was, you know, not to be a big spoiler for that one, but it's, you know, just a hoax. Yeah. Really. It's funny how people can get worked up, you know, and like. I saw that McDonald's now will not, they, they've pulled Ronald McDonald oh, from, yeah, 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 from yeah, public yeah. press tours. He's, because I refuse to do anything anymore. Because the they didn't hate. want to uh, to disrupt things. It's like, if you weren't already creeped out by Ronald McDonald, right. what's right? <laughs> and most of it now is just, you know, is just pranksters trying to hop on the bandwagon. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, yeah. like my wife was telling me up in Idaho. Coeur d'Alene, like where we live, she said that uh, a lady uh, that she met from like the PTA or something was sharing this story with her just a couple days ago. This poor kid, her son was like, I don't know, nine or ten years old, and he had like the worst day a nine or ten year old can have outside of like extreme tragedy. Yeah. You know, he broke his arm. They go to the hospital. He comes home from the hospital with his broken arm, and there was two teenagers dressed as evil clowns waiting in their driveway and staring at them menacingly as they pull up. And so, like, her, her, her son, like, freaks out. She gets out, like, screams at him. The kids run off. And she calls the police. And the police are like, it's not illegal to be a creepy clown. <laughs> like, sorry. Like, that's why they're able to do it. They're like, you can, you can do that. Like, yeah. as, long, as long as they leave, when you tell them to leave, there's really nothing we can do. But I'm like, God, oh, that poor kid, you know. Yeah. But, but it's just assholes like that, I think. Yeah. But somebody did get their, uh, if you look on YouTube, another great one. I think it was recent. It was, uh, I watched a lot of these prank videos. Oh, okay. and I'm amazed yeah. when those guys don't get beat up for doing their pranks. Yeah. And somebody, it's so great. It was kind of like that Vit- Vitaly or Vitaly does a lot of clown pranks. Uh-huh. He's some okay. Russian dude that, uh, and but it was, I don't know if it was his, but it was like his where they were in a dark parking garage. And you know, like the stairways, you come out to your level, stairways lit up, but it's a little bit darker when you come out to the garage. And they had the clown with some big hammer or something hiding right behind the doorway. So when you walk out to your floor, Boom! Scary clown is you know just right there to your right, and and then there's the guy farther back filming it. So we're seeing these two guys come back up the stairs, and the one guy comes out, and the clown rah like scares him, and the guy just instinct takes over, and he punches the clown twice in the face oh, so hard and yeah. just knocks him one. to the ground. And then the cameraman screaming like, no, 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 it's a joke, it's a joke. But I'm like, no, it's a bad joke. Yeah. And you just got yeah. punished for it. There's one I saw that was it's hysterical. Little fucked up, but I'm okay. surprised they didn't get the shit beat out of him. So they're pranking the parents, but they go to kids at like playgrounds and they're wearing ropes and they open it and the parents see it from behind. And they get freaked out. They're like, "No, no, no, it's okay." Oh they're my fully god! Clothed, and they're wearing stuff on their shirt that says "Stay out. in school" and stuff like that, like positive messages. <laughs> that is really funny though. Yeah. That's... And then their parents are like, "Oh, okay. Well, okay. As long as you're not showing your oh dick, my god. it's great." It's like those guys that they have their buddy walking from the different direction. Yeah, they'll go walking past some girl and. She thinks that they're talking to them, and he'll just be like, those are some great melons. And yeah, she yeah, starts yeah. to get offended and turns around, the guy's friend that's walking towards him has two melons in his hand. Right, right, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I love those clever ones. I love prank videos so you know, goddamn you much. Gotta, I know, not to keep getting distracted, but no, like, um, 
uh, you should Google uh, Japanese game show pranks. Oh, oh okay. I've seen some of those. I okay. have gone down that rabbit hole more times than I would like to admit. It's unbelievable. It's fascinating. <laughs> I'm like, do they have no laws over there? And, and they have the Brazilian ones, like where yes. you've got the people in the elevators. Yep, I've seen those that Those are one. my absolute Fuck, favorite. Now I got one. Where they, like, they remove the panels from the elevators yeah, and yeah. people get in. And then it's like the, there's all of a sudden a power outage. And like oh, people yeah, start yeah, hitting yeah, the buttons, those. and then the power comes back on. There's some like creepy fucking ring kids sitting yeah. there in the corner. Oh man! Yeah. I, was, I was like, I, I didn't get scared stuff. that easy. Like, with, I don't think I would even give them the reaction they'd want, other than I would just shit myself. Oh, like, yeah. There would just, just be a foul it. odor then in the elevator that they had to deal with. Just quietly <laughs> shit yourself and say hello, the, madam. The, yeah. the ring looking girl. The worst one I've seen on along that kind of uh, genre, I guess, of pranks now. Yeah. Is um, it was a Japanese one, and they had like people like. I think the guys was they were saying that they were prepping, getting ready for an audition. Like they 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 came to do an audition, or he's getting ready for some kind of performance. So they're in a dressing room and they're like looking in the mirror, kind of getting ready. Oh yeah, I did see that. that was unbelievable. And so this mirror is like a a, a fake mirror. Was this, this was the Conjuring one, wasn't it? Was oh, you're right. You're well, yeah, it was wait. the Conjuring two. Because I saw one just like that where they had the nun where they were getting ready for the auditions. No, this was a different one. This oh, was like the ring looking one. girl because this was like the dark hair hanging one. over the face. Because all of a sudden yeah. in the mirror. You see that dark haired girl, like, you yeah. know, looking back at you through the mirror. And then it was like a fake, very thin. She busts through the mirror. Ooh. <laughs> like, like, just comes through the, and then, like, it just, you know, comes straight through it just because it's not glass. And the person just, like, this one dude went over his chair backwards trying to scramble away. Like, like, just threw himself back over his chair trying to get away from this. And then the worst one I saw. This poor guy is running around the room from this ring-looking kind of like uh, – there was that other Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller The grudge. Grudge. Oh, the grudge, yeah, yeah. grudge ring-type-looking you know, uh, bad girl. And then as he's freaking out, two more identical-looking demon girls pop through out of other walls, and the guy was just squealing. He was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> there's those ones, too, where they prank TV anchors where they're like, oh. you're going to do a news, news story, and there's a TV like on the background – and they have it play like an apocalypse. So they're like, holy shit, this holy is happening shit. right now. And people are freaking out. They're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been cheating on my wife. No and way. And just like fucking just and it's a prank, dude. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you, would think, you would have thought they would have learned their lessons with like War of the Worlds back yeah, in yeah, the yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Because people legitimately lost their shit oh, on yeah. that. That was the, the, ult- the, the initial big, big yeah. prank like that. Yeah. I'd love to do one where it's like you're in a conference room or like a place and you're like – interviewing people it's like a fake interview yeah and you just try to see how much shit they'll do to get the job oh right right yeah. right yeah i swear they did that on the jamie kennedy ex- experience ah, years probably ago. it's probably been done yeah i swear i swear i swear i saw that on one of those where they it, it's been years but yeah i remember yeah, yeah, yeah. doing something like that too it always seems funny to me to see what people would do just to get a job. Well, it's, it's kind of like like it's not the the job interview, but it, it's almost like like Eric Andre show, like his clips. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like how how what can I, how far can I push this person during an interview before they just leave? You know, where it's like they ask them no questions about their project, no questions that make any sense, uh, say very insulting things to them, <laughs> and and then have like a, a bunch of horrific things going on around them. He'll whip his dick out. <laughs> In the interview, like like a lot, often, like his dick will come out a lot. Like he'll just start getting naked, like while he's like while someone's you know, sitting there, or or they'll or someone will run in and he'll pretend like they'll have a fake a prop gun and he'll like shoot an intern, and then and then like start talking to them again, like sorry about that. And these people are like, what the fuck is happening? Like, the, or they'll just freak out and they'll leave the show, you oh, know? Man, or I gotta check. That or out. or like Flavor Flav wanted to punch him. 
And uh, Roy Hibbert uh, almost swung a bat on him, like because he because he takes Holy it so shit. far. People yeah. will do anything though at the same time to get on TV. I mean, a lot of people oh, have yeah, thought that like the Daily Show segments are are faked, and it's like no, those people yeah. like that's just what they believe. And yeah, it's like of course they edit the best responses. Sure, sure, sure. But sure. they yeah. all sign yeah. a waiver yeah. to. That, you know they're they're going to be on TV, and you know they're basically making fun of them for their perspective. And, yep. Oh, we, we're going to be on TV. We're going to yeah. be on Comedy Central. <laughs> and, and it is amazing what people just will believe. You know, it's like I shot a oh a little sizzle presentation for a show years ago that I wanted that I pitched to Comedy Central and some other places, and probably one of the, probably my favorite of the shows that never made it because I, I still think it could be a great concept. But it was like I have a little bit of a psychology background, and it was this. Um, Kind of the study of uh, fear, not fear of authority, but about how like people who have an authority kind of role, they did like this Stanley Milgram did this like prison experiment where people who were being fake cops in this prison experiment all of a sudden got more authoritative than they would be in normal normal life because they they just took on that role. And then the fake prisoners bowed down to the fake cops at a level they didn't expect when they were kind of, you know, talked like they just like would just go along with it because this is an authority figure, even if it didn't make sense. And I kind of tested this for this little presentation where I dressed up like a security guard and not even like a good, uh, like a reasonable looking security guard, like a cheesy parody of a security guard. Okay. But I had my little walkie talkie on my shoulder, you know, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, be right there. You know, I had somebody be like, oh, we got a code 147, you know, just saying like security-ish things. I had like pepper spray and all this stuff on like a tool belt. And I would just walk around uh, at these parks in Santa Monica and in public places and just start bossing people around. Uh, oh, under the guise of ordinances and the law. <laughs> and uh, amazing. One person ignored me, but everybody else did what I said. And it would be stuff like, I remember, somebody was like, it's so stupid. Somebody was playing the drums at a park. And I was like, whoa, 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 dude, it's not four o'clock yet. And he's like, what? And I'm like, no, you didn't hear about the new ordinance? And he's like, what? And I'm like, you know, first they're thinking I'm joking, you know, but then I'm like, no, 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 it's 9713. I'm not, look, I don't even agree with it. Uh, I, I voted against it, but the board put it through and you can play drums in this park between four and five and then you can play them again between seven and eight that's it i don't want to write you up and he was like all right and he just like he just he stopped he waited like this five minutes and they started playing the drums again so and i remember like I, they were so they were even like more i remember one time these people were reading on one side of the sidewalk and i was like hey 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 guys 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 no 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 not there not there that's a no book zone that's ordinance seven six four. Like you can read books on the non street side of the sidewalk to your heart's content. I will write all of you up if you and all the grown men, all three of them, all three of them fucking picked up their blankets, moved to the other side of the sidewalk, and started reading again. Like that that changed me forever. About like I'm like oh I get people so much more since that little experiment we did. I hope there's footage of that somewhere. There is. There oh, is. Yeah. It's on like a Vimeo or something. Oh, nice. I, I, I want to say I've seen a couple of those before the, that you did. Yeah, I'm yeah. Pre- it, we put sure it out years ago. Yeah. yeah. And it just never – it might even be on YouTube. I think it was like a private it, – It's. I know it's somewhere. It was like a little six-minute – it's not yeah. well shot because it was just for a presentation. But you get the idea. Like my friend would be hiding in the bushes or whatever. And uh, But we did a ton of those. My, my favorite one, the one that made me the most nervous is a crossing guard at a school – I did a random sobriety test on him. I said I was <laughs> an auditor, and I made him touch his nose, walk one foot, and then. But before he did all that, he told me right before he's like, "Oh, okay." He's like, he told me he was an off-duty police officer. So then I had that moment inside what? of like, "Oh shit!" Like, cause it's totally illegal to impersonate yeah. an authority yeah. figure like that. 
And uh, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, we gotta we gotta keep tabs on everybody. I mean, that's why I'm here is because I know that you are a police officer, and it's like we're from an independent auditing agency, and we're just trying to make sure that you know everybody's legit, you know, goodwill for the police force. You know, you just you just like talk the talk. Yeah. And they'd be like, you could tell they were like, this is fucking weird, but they're like, all right, whatever. And then he did, he, he did. We shook hands and went about my way. Is, uh, did you ever see the one that Kimmel did on Hollywood Boulevard where he set up an airport like TSA check? No. It got people to actually stop and go through oh, the TSA shit. check to continue down. The sidewalk? Yeah. And he just had Sal out there just like, <laughs> no, no, you, you have to go through the security check to go through this part of the sidewalk. And people were stopping and taking that off their shoes hilarious. and their belts. Oh, God damn, I got to find that too. <laughs> well, uh, one thing about uh, our uh, the podcast I do is uh, we do movie recommendations. Yeah, yeah. So um, this the big thing about this episode is your favorite movies, Dan Cummins' favorite yes, movies. Yes, Tombstone. Tombstone. I think it's, yeah, it's been number one ever since I was I don't know sixteen, seventeen. It just I just think that movie is. I'm a big fan of westerns. Yeah, like uh, I, I okay. like. Uh, yeah, just just a just a good western. Now I'm flashing on another movie I just saw on Netflix. It was a western. I'm like, oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was a really, really, really dark when it was like an Eli Roth meets Western. Oh, shit. I don't know uh, what that one is. Oh, it's it, like I'm picturing it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It was recent. It. it was recent. It was in the last like two years. And oh, oh and, there were some bi- and there were some bigger names in it. Um, there was, um, I think, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell was Kurt, in oh. it. Yeah, Kurt Russell was one of the guys in it. Uh, and um, oh, the guy from Lost. He was like the main guy, the kind of the heartthrob of Lost. Oh, the was he the Jason guy from something, Party, like the Party of hair. Five guy? The what? The Party of Five guy? I never saw that. I don't know. He's but the one that was at the end that he was by himself. I never saw the last season, sadly. But it probably was that guy. I've just spoiled that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I think I, I heard about it already. Way to though. go. No, wow. no, I'm never going to. I just kind of lost. But like, uh, yeah, it was Kurt Russell. It was, um, oh, shoot. But it was, I, it was surprisingly good. I know what you're talking about, and it is going to drive me crazy. I know. So, yeah. Uh, uh, sure Bone Tomahawk? It. Yes, yeah. Bone Tomahawk. Was it Bone Tomahawk? It yeah. was. It was. It was Bone Tomahawk. Okay. That was – I like horror, and I like westerns, and that was a really good mashup. Nice. Yeah, like some legitimate kind of scare stuff. And But, um, but yeah, Tombstone, I just thought, like, just from top to bottom, I just really liked the yeah. whole thing. I just uh, – uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who played Johnny Ringo, you know, oh, uh, the second in it? command of the Cowboys. Uh, Michael Bean, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, everybody was just the way it was. The way it was shot. Um, I love the old Billy Bob Thornton cameo. Yeah, he does not look like Billy Bob yeah, Thornton. No. He doesn't look like <laughs> nope. skinny and like nope. hate his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's like early, it's like a cool early, and he does not play a Billy Bob Thorntonish role. You know, and then and then my favorite of is is Val Kilmer. Val oh. Kilmer, though. Yeah, Doc Hollywood. Oh, Doc, Doc, Doc Holliday. Holliday. Doc Holliday. Yeah, the, yeah, the Doc Hollywood. That was, yeah. the, that was the Michael. Uh, yeah, Michael J. J. Fox. Fox yeah. yeah, very different movie. Oh, super different. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, Doc Holliday was like is like my favorite bad guy in it. Or not bad, not bad guy, but favorite just kind of like kind of smart assy kind of yeah, like, guy, like yeah. character in a western where he's I like that he's he's really not a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, he's kind of like a the anti-hero kind yeah, of like Yeah, yeah, he reminds yeah. me almost like a, it's a similar role almost like a rogue superhero in like a Marvel type movie. You know, kind of like the the lone wolf. Yeah. But he's okay. chose to assimilate himself with, you know, out of respect for Wyatt Earp. And you know what character he's like I'm I'm going to be on your team, you know, and I don't like what these other guys are doing, but it's like there's just so many the confrontations between Doc Holliday and Johnny Ringo in that movie. Oh yeah. There's just so many scenes like the it's just so classic like when he the 
the, the, the fake gun twirling. Oh, with the cup? With yeah, the cup? I love that. Yeah, voice. yeah. So goddamn much. And then my favorite line, like, you know, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Especially at the end, too, where he I, shoots the guy in the I head. I was playing for blood. Stumbling, and he's oh, like, come on! Come on! Come on, Johnny Ringo! <laughs> yeah, when he's like, like, oh, yeah. It was funny when I was, watch- when I was watching Tombstone back like a year ago, and I can't watch anything with Val Kilmer in it anymore because uh, all I think is, it's Fat Pete Holmes. That's oh, that all. is funny. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> because that's, and I want to say Pete had referenced it at one yeah, point. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And it's been stuck in my head ever yeah, since. Yeah, that's see him funny. On anything, yeah. And I'm just like, it's Fat Pete Holmes. Yeah. And I just keep waiting for him to give his trademark Pete laugh the entire time. <laughs> well, at least in Tombstone, he's pre-Fat Kilmer. Yeah. yeah. He's still Thin Kilmer in that. He's, I can still cr- see yeah. the Pete Holmes a little, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, he went on a juice fast for a month, and yeah. he's good. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny, yeah. This is actually still our cast. I mean, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton. Yeah. You know, the cameo with... Uh, Sam Elliott's such Sam a good Western Elliott. actor. Oh, God. Yeah, I love must- his voice. Mustache alone. Yeah, and then his voice, yeah. Yeah, which... Uh, well, in the other movie, The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Like, uh, I love when his random, you know, like the narration and then appearance there. When he shows up at the bar at the bowling alley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like Sam Elliott. It's like, it's just, yeah, it's such a great scene. What was the new Western Netflix show that he... Oh, I know. I didn't in? see it. This is like uh, Danny Masterson and, and, and uh, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Ranch something. Ranch It didn't six. look good to me. It didn't look no, good. It looked too sitcom-y. sitcom-y. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with a like, very uh, flat kind the of ranch. look. Yeah. It's called The yeah. Ranch. Yeah. The Ranch. Yeah. I'm not even a big fan of Westerns, but I like this movie just because yeah. of all the intertwining like storylines. Oh, yeah. You know, Wyatt yeah. Earp. You've got you know, Doc Holliday with his hit dying from tuberculosis. Yep. Which and I thought was cool. They made him like like lay on a like bed of ice just to get him shaking. Oh, really? Shaky to, get, to get him shaking? Oh, yeah. man. And Which his, was intense. Yeah, skin so pale and everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, I guess I wasn't that sick after all. Yeah, and then, and then Wyatt, uh, Wyatt's brothers, uh, Virgil and Morgan, like the dynamics yeah. between them and their wives, you know, where the women in that don't have the same, the wives don't have like huge speaking roles, but their characters are, are strongly like identified and there's interesting interplay. You know, like I like how Morgan and Virgil's wives are clearly not a fan of like what Wyatt, like kind of where he's leading the family. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that kind of stuff. And, and then the whole romantic interplay between Wyatt's wife. And then the uh, the actress from out of town that that he kind of you know falls for but has mixed feelings. Oh about. yeah, the one with Billy Zane. Yeah, Billy the Zane. Billy theater. Zane traveled with her. Yeah. yeah, I can picture her face clearly, but and I, I can't remember the actress's name. Oh, um, she was she was in a few movies in that era, and she's uh, got that you know kind of good like really pretty, but also kind of like girl next door, not like that Angelina Zo- Jolie kind of like unattainable. Was uh, it Dana Delaney? Yeah, because yeah. she was in. Um, yeah, yeah. God, she was in a different uh, China Beach or China. I think so. Let's see. But yeah, it was it, that, that was her. That was her for sure. And yeah, just their interplay was really good. And yeah, I don't, don't want. And if anybody's going to watch it, I don't want to spoil anything. If you haven't seen it. Oh, we do that all the time. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. okay, okay. It's totally hey, it's, that, that movie has been out, and for, it's been out for 20, so long. 25 years yeah, now? Yeah. Let's yeah, fuck it. So, <laughs> yeah, if, if they wanted to see it, they should have. Yeah, yeah. It, it even expired off of Netflix last year. Yeah. So the, it had right, its, it's run been, there. Yeah, it's been out. <laughs> yeah, Spoilers kind of make me want to see the movie even more sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Coming from a writing background, for me, it's like when I hear a spoiler, it's like, okay, well, I'm more intrigued to know how they... How they get, get there? Okay. Yeah. yeah but granted, when it comes down to like Breaking Bad or something, I mean, somebody would have spoiled that for me. Yeah. I probably would have killed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that would have been death. Well, and it's not like this movie Tombstone was like a Sixth Sense type movie where like if yeah. you know the ending, it ruins. You know, it yeah. kind of like takes away. 
it's just, but I, but I like how they, you know, how they get together in the end and, and have their little moments. That was a nice touch. I mean, really, like, from a, my perspective, I'm like, God, the only thing that would have made that movie a little better would have been, like, just a little nudity. But <laughs> Just a little bit? Just, okay. Just enough. Yeah. But actually, but I, but I say that, and right after I said it, I'm like, well, no, but not really, because it is a movie that I could show to my kids, you know, not too much longer. Yeah. I don't know why nudity. Well, but to be clear, I mean, some good Kurt Russell or Bill Paxton nudity would have been fantastic. Just if sure. it would have just had a just, little Kurt just Russell a little dick more. in yeah. it. Yeah. Just, just like just coming out of the bit. shower. Not nothing good. Nothing. Just some artsy. Some, some, some Ben Affleck. Just, yeah. Uh, just yeah, full yeah, yeah, frontal. Yeah, yeah, Some artistic. <laughs> little full frontal Sam Elliott. Just to see if the mask, mustache <laughs> is full mask. also has a mustache. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. His pubic hair is the exact shape of his mustache. I trim it the same way. Right, right. Exactly. It also has a deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Uh, it's just his stand-in. There's, yeah. like, there's like a really good action in this movie, too. I really oh, like. yeah. The the scenes when um, Wyatt uh, rounds up the, the two rogue cowboys. One of those was um, Michael Rooker. Uh, from, you know, he, had, he had a good role in the first couple of seasons of Walking Dead and yeah. a, lot, a lot of the things. And um, him and that other kind of cowboy that were like, dude, we're not into what they're doing anymore. That was too much when they killed so-and-so. We're out. I think it was when they killed that actor, or, or no, actually there was a woman, or something. I don't know. There was somebody that killed. It was too far for them. And then they join, and then they do that like big ride where there's like those great shots of them on horseback going across the plains, and then you know just a montage of lots of like you know shootouts, and then they have that great scene on the river. Oh where, yeah, okay. where you know where Wyatt just walks through the water, and I think uh, I think he says no more. No more. Like he just he's saying something, but they're, yeah. like, they're like, "What the fuck?" They're like, everyone's trying to shoot at him, and like, it was some kind of like nod to like George Washington's supposed, I think, march across the Potomac, oh, or whatever okay. it was. We had the bullet holes in his jacket after the battle, but he was never shot. But it was just a yeah. great, like you know, over the top, but in a good way, action scene. Yeah, it's just, I like the little quips in this movie too. Like, yeah. mainly from Val Kilmer. Yeah, like, he had a lot of good ones. Yeah, yeah, a lot of little quick liners. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, that cup scene is probably the funniest scene. Oh in the my whole god! Movie. And what was it? And there was a piano scene too, where, um, uh, oh gosh, the guy from Side Sideways, the actor who um, he has a new oh, suit, Thomas, Thomas Hayden, Hayden Church. Church. Thomas Hayden Church played one of the cowboys, and Thomas Hayden. There's so many actors in that movie. Thomas oh, Hayden yeah. Church, like when he when. Um, Val Kilmer is playing the piano with his hot Hungarian. I thought I had such a crush on that woman, that, oh, that actress. Yeah, yeah. Val Kilmer's love interest is so fucking sexy in this movie. Uh, and, she, and she's so, like, bad, but in a good way. And, like, the two of them are on the piano, and that g- guy comes over, and Val Kilmer's playing something beautiful. And he's like, You ever heard a. Uh, and he references some American composer that was kind of like, just kind of like, eh. You yeah. Know, like, like, like your today's equivalent of like, you ever heard of Justin Bieber? Yeah. You know, or something, <laughs> you know, like something popular. And, uh, and then Val Kilmer shoots back with something like James fucking Chopin. He, he got real snarky with some kind of <laughs> yeah. classical musical reference, but he was constantly, no matter how drunk he was, no matter how like bad guys were around him, he just never caved. Yeah. He yeah. was going to smart off. He was on the ball at all times. Yeah. And I, and I love that you knew that he was dying. And I love that his character had that kind of attitude of, like, I legitimately don't give a shit what happens in this situation. Like, go ahead and try to fucking kill me. Like, I do, I'm dead. I'm a dead man walking. Yeah. Yeah. And it just gave him such balls, you know? It's like a Michael Douglas and falling down. It's just, he's fucking, oh. he's giving up. He's I just saw that there. again. That's recently. a great rewatch. That is, that is. That's a, that's a crazy movie. I think about 
<laughs> I mean, he's so insane in that movie. Oh yeah, you know, with his with his wife and everything. But I do think about when he's just in traffic and he just has that fuck it moment, and he just leaves his car. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like he is done taking anyone's shit. Yeah, I think about that uh, movie too often on the 405. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, that would be nice just to get out and be like, fuck all of this. <laughs> yeah. And on the 405, you have enough time to get out, go do whatever else you need yep. to do, and you can come back and your car will still That's right. Be you, there. Can, you, yeah. you can get out. You can get out of your car, find a weird neo-Nazi guy in a pawn shop basement, <laughs> have your interactions, go back into your car, and uh, no one's even honking at you yet. You're, you haven't moved. Yeah. <laughs> so William Defoe was actually the original choice to play Doc Holliday. What? Yeah, but know that. Buena Vista uh, refused to distribute the film if he was cast due to Defoe's role in the controversial Last Temptation oh. of Christ in '88. And, wow, uh, a little throwback to our yeah. topics at the beginning of this uh, podcast. Yeah, I honestly think William Defoe would have been a little bit too sinister to play. Maybe, to play yeah. And you know what, I, William Defoe, I wouldn't have bought the chemistry between him and the Hungarian woman. Yeah, I can see that. William Defoe is an odd-looking man. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be you more know? of a forced relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. he has money. Right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Rourke actually turned down the role of uh, Johnny Ringo. I thought could have been that could have been good. That could have yeah. been good because yeah. that was pre-fucked-up face Mickey Rourke. Yeah. That was pre. I look like a sixty-year-old housewife on Montana Avenue, <laughs> yeah. in, in Santa Monica, Mickey Rourke. Where it's like, not as how, much cosmetic pouty lips. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ones. how did you go from just like one of like a heartthrob slash badass to like somebody's odd-looking grandma? I know. In like in like right? a couple years. Yeah. Like he and I and I. I know this is what happens when you listen to a lot of Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stephen Tyler's another one. But you know, but Steven Tyler at least I feel like it's it's more like how he dresses and how he naturally looks. Yeah. Where it's like it's funny, my my wife has a thing for Steven Tyler. I'm like, What? Really? She's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, if you weren't with me, you would sleep with Steven Tyler. She's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, You are fucking weird. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. She's like in his but um but Mickey Rourke, I, I don't have any sympathy because he like he did it all to himself. Oh yeah. It's like you had a weird amount of plastic surgery. Yeah. Oh, it's such an odd look. It's such an odd look. That being said, the wrestler, fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah that's a great movie. Fantastic. Yeah, Conan O'Brien's sister was in that movie. What? Oh really? Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't well, know. That's one that was in the Oscars, right? I thought. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think yeah. One, I think they won. I think he didn't he win a Golden Globe for that one. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought this was weird. Stallone recommended that George uh, P. Uh, Cosmatios uh, would be a better choice directing. Because he directed Rambo: First Blood two in '85 and Cobra in '86, but uh, um, George actually was a ghost director for Kurt Russell, the real director of Tombstone. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I guess he helped out, you know, in that a little bit. Well, no one's going to say no to Stallone. I mean, R- well, maybe right. now, but yeah, maybe yeah. <laughs> Even then. now, he's still doing pretty well. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, our next one is is actually. Probably one of my favorite horror movies is uh, the 1990 classic Misery. Yeah, you know, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Yeah. And that one, um, oh my gosh, uh, Kathy Bates and then uh, Khan, right? Is it James Khan? Yeah, James Khan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm the worst with names. But like, um, and and I love that one because of its simplicity. You know, where it's like, and it's like such a good example of a horror movie that doesn't require a lot of special effects. Uh, doesn't require, you know, some convoluted paranormal plot. Like, it can be as simple as you are stuck in a snowed-in 
Eric Cabin where nobody knows who, where you are and you're being held hostage by a crazy fucking cat lady, essentially. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, and she plays that character so oh, well. God. She, was, she channels it so much even now with her roles in American, American Horror Story. Story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that, I mean, even this season. Yeah. Have, you, have you watched much of this new season? No, I checked out after the, uh, uh, the one that was too much for me was the, uh, the circus one, The Freaks. Yeah, The Freak Show. I just thought it got so convoluted with the, the plot. Yeah. And, and what I didn't like about that one is by eight episodes into that season, uh, I remember my wife and I talking. We were like, I don't give a fuck about any yeah. of these characters. Freak Show was pretty terrible. Hotel yeah. last year was awesome. Oh, oh okay. really? The hotel was Check great. And out. this new one, Roanoke. Really? Like, it's it, good. It, it, the entire time my wife okay. and I kind of keep going, okay, wait, what the? What the fuck? And okay. like, but in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Oh, like, shit, I'm gonna have to well, then I'll be back. Out. I'll be back in because I loved yeah. season two, Asylum. Yeah, I thought that was great. But then after, like, like when I stopped watching, I was like, is this just the how many times can Jessica Lange cry show? Yeah. It's like I get it. <laughs> she can cry on cue. Does she have to fucking tear up? Yeah, every fucking scene of every episode. And a lot of people discounted Hotel because of uh, Lady Gaga. Of Lady Gaga. Yeah. And then when she won the Golden Globe, people were like, "Oh, please!" I'm like, "No, no she, she was good, huh? Yeah, she, she did was really good. well. She was really good in it. Okay, okay. But yeah. The, the, this new out. season, uh, Kathy Bates plays a very similar character to to misery to misery and that was Ooh, the first thing i thought in it i love that but this this new season too not to stray too far from misery but yeah it's kind of like a um uh one of those uh true stories oh type cool of, yeah, way, yeah, yeah, yeah. They shot it. so they yep. have you know the reenactment yeah. and then the actual people talking about it and then not to i don't want to spoil anything but the episode that just aired this last week also they put a whole new twist on it okay where it was just kind of like, a, wait, what the fuck? And then yeah. as it started, I was like, I don't know that I'm going to like where they're going with this. And then by the end of the episode, it was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> cool, cool. I'll, I'll Damn, check I'll it out then. It, yeah. yeah. I and, love how she did this in Misery, though. Oh, yeah. And I, my wife, she hadn't, she never saw it when it came out. And oh, we, really? We watched it together. And uh, she, I mean, it legitimately, like, scared her. Because it's like, you know, the paranormal ones, I love those ones, too. I, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. a fan of horror in general. But those ones, even though I get scared in moments, I do have that voice in my head just like going like, well, this isn't real. Like, and this is not – I don't actually believe in that stuff. It scares me when I watch it sometimes. And when I'm by myself, you know, I'll say like right now in the lit room, I'm like, I don't believe in that stuff. Yeah. But like cut to the same room at 1230 tonight, if I hear a weird noise, I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> uh, please, please don't be real. You know, like I started getting nervous. But like with the Kathy Bates thing, it's so plausible to me Yeah, that there could be – yeah, it's like if some nut – Found you, and how terrifying is that? Especially, you know, that movie was pre-cell phone, oh, which yeah. you know affects the plot a lot. You know, if it, if it had been cell phones, that'd been harder to pull off. Small rural area, you know, poor writer, you know, goes off, and then you have your n- number one fan of, oh, this, yeah. of this writer, and like, what a great addition to that, where she's like wants him to write the next book that he doesn't want to write, and then oh, the, the scene on that, the scariest scene to me that I, that I always think about with misery is when he's tried to escape and she is very not happy with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she breaks his ankles. Oh, that his fucking feet. score to it, too, just makes it even oh, worse. That's such a horrific scene. Yeah. Oh, man. And, and, and God, again, it makes my, my ankles uh, again, I'm having, like, phantom pain. to some of that in the new American Horror Story. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah, God. so... Yeah, there, Fuck, there, there's, be, oh. there's, some, there's some of these references that they, they truly yeah. are tipping their hat to misery with, with Kathy Bates' Wow. Character. I was watching that part and I was thinking, like, as a comedian, it's probably the best profession to have that never happen to where someone's like, hey, you ruined a joke, so yeah. I'm going to break your ankles or you right, try to right, escape. Right. No, they just tie you to a chair and want to talk to you for like, you want to watch TV? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <coughs> 
I don't you, know. Kurt, Kurt Brownholder did get attacked on stage last year. Sure. Oh, really? I want to say it was in like New Jersey. Yeah. Some. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. I've been yeah, worried okay. about that. I've I've gotten in like threatening conversations with people. Really? And then I, I had to throw somebody off stage once, but he wasn't that threatening. He was an idiot, but he did come up on stage after I told him like, "Don't come up here. Don't come up here." And then he like marched on up, and I just like spun him around and then threw him back off the stage. But luckily, he was. Not a kind of a didn't have a real threatening presence, but it's like, but it is weird where it's like they're right there. Yeah, yeah, they could come up. But I mean, but at least there's people around and stuff. What scares me so much about misery is like that is like one of my worst nightmares. Where oh yeah, if you're at like when you're physically helpless and you're at the whim of some madman, you know, like it reminds me of like I hate it when like in the when I was younger and I would get like really really drunk. Like I remember one experience I had in college where I got I was really drunk and with some girl. At a party, and like she wanted, it was. It's funny, like you hear about like the campus rape. It's like it can it can be somewhat flipped around too. It's like it doesn't ever talked about. But this girl was like she was not taking no for an answer. Like I, I was on a bunk bed, and I was pushing her off the bed, and I was like, "Get away from me! Get away from me!" And I was so drunk, I was having it was hard. Like the room was spinning, and she wouldn't. She's like, "Come on, stop being a baby!" And she just like kept coming up. And luckily, my friends came in the room, and I had enough cognizance to be like, "Get her out of here." And they, like, shuttled her out of there. But I was like, if they wouldn't have come by, it's like I was not physically capable of defending myself. And to be in his – which is terrifying feeling. Like, I feel like I'm – it's a very – I feel so bad for women that way. Just to live in the world where men are so much bigger and stronger. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah. To, like, be around these, these, other, these dudes all the time who could, like, fucking hold you down if they wanted to. It's like we don't have to experience that usually the same way. But James Conn character, it's like – it's a terrifying reversal. Where he is at the whim of this woman, and she's a pretty physically imposing woman in that, you know. Oh movie. yeah, he yeah. has to tackle her down a couple of times. Oh yeah, she's she's tough. When the, yeah. the big the big the big finale scene, their oh, final yeah. battle, she's a fucking tough bitch in that movie. But like, but can you imagine like when when she breaks his ankles? I'm just oh. thinking about like the feeling of hopelessness you would have. We are like Jesus. Now I don't know if I'll not only walk away from here. I don't know if I'll ever walk again. Yeah, you don't know if you're ever gonna escape. It's yeah, it's kind of a this is it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was some movie I never saw. I, was it like Boxing Helen or something? Yeah, I don't think I saw that one. So, I, I just remember he, I mean, maybe it's like an urban legend. Maybe there's not even a real movie. But I just remember hearing some premise where like the woman's hands and feet were cut off, or maybe even full limbs, and she was just like kept by this madman. And I'm like, that would be <laughs> that would be the worst. Jeez. Oh yeah, because then you know I'm never gonna walk again. I'm never gonna have my hands again, and I I, I can do nothing to fight back. Yeah. Like, but yeah, but that movie really captures that well. Where you just—that's a good wormhole too. Is urban legends? Those that will take oh, you down is. a fucking tunnel. For a time suck, that would be good. It's funny people are starting to email me now with suggestions. They're like, you should talk about this. You I, I did get a one from an archaeologist. There's an archaeologist in Britain who's like, oh, really? a fan of the show, and she's like, she sent me like 15 links on Facebook uh, yesterday for. Um, the way we handle our dead, essentially, like burial rites. Okay, that like be historically, like like the Egyptians, you know, mummification, but like how, you know, we use cremation now. And I'm like, that actually is interesting. Yeah. Like how cultures have. What do you do with your fucking dead people? Like, do you just bury them? Do you push them on a ice float? <laughs> you know, yeah. do you do you mummify them? You know, like, but yeah, but yeah, urban legends. But man, but yeah, it's a scary, cool scary movie. Yeah, I yeah. love urban legends so much. Like, yeah, I spent years just researching the shit out of urban legends. It's the yeah. one hole I go down, and I'm sure you do it even when you travel. Where, like, when I was in Portland last week, the hotel I was staying in was—I'm convinced just walking into it that it was haunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, like, this is the hallway inside. Oh uh, yeah, online. yeah, that's a like, scary hallway. 
<sighs> and I guess the people that own it, they're called the McMenamins. Oh, yeah. And, like, this, that was the Crystal There's a Hotel. college. There's a college there. Not yeah. Too, yeah by and they have a bunch of them all, like, right around the Crystal Ballroom. And, wow. But they have, like, this passport, and you can, like, go to all their different stops. But, like, I started immediately going down the wormhole of, how fucking haunted is this place? It looks like the, sh- the Shining. Right yeah. Oh, yeah. The Overlook Hotel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> very Shining-esque hallway. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, uh, that scene where she does the hobbling, I think it's called, where she, like, oh, yeah. yeah. In the book, she actually cuts one of his foot off, his feet off. Oh yeah, I haven't. I don't know that I ever read the book. I've read so many of his books, but I don't. I think that's one where I just saw the movie but didn't read the book. Yeah, yeah. that was. He was very like not wanting to talk about the movie for years, and it's Stephen King. Yeah, turned out it's because he was having his own addiction issues, and he didn't want to, you know, talk about anything around that time. And, oh yeah, because he was he had his struggles with alcohol. Yeah. Where stuff like I mean, you did feel like James Conn's character was very much like this is like a, a it fear was of very Stephen King. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see that in a lot of his stuff though too. I don't know if you've ever read Stephen King's on writing. I have. It's a fantastic Great book. read. Yeah. So, but I mean, you see, I mean, even as he starts into that book where he talks about a lot of like his early childhood and how yeah. and you see so much of that reflect even into like Children of the Corn and yeah, some of that. Yeah, that, Like those kids. He Love brings Children a lot of autobiographical things to each one of his yeah. stories. Well, the one I really love about this one is just the the flip floppiness of her calm, crazy, excited, yeah. and then not to mention that raining scene where she's like, "I get sad at the rain." Yeah, I've got this gun. I might have to put some bullets in it one of these days. Yeah, it's like fuck this. I would build a cheapo MacGyver Iron Man. Suit yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck out of there. And that is such a that's such a cool thing in movies like horror movies when it doesn't have to be all like big and loud yeah. and crazy to be scary. Sometimes the scariest scenes are those, you know, really quiet ones, and that's such a good example of that, where she is just having that emotional moment, yeah, and just really sad, and you know, you know, by that point in the movie, she's incredibly mentally unstable, and like, and just, uh, yeah, when she says things like that, and then they capture, and James Conn's expressions, he has so many good scenes, oh yeah, non-speaking scenes, or just with his eyes and stuff, where you're just like, oh my god, well you you just you're knowing what he's thinking, where he's like, oh fuck, yeah, he's like, like talking her down too, like those scenes are really great. Where he's in the oh, basement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he, yeah and he's to... like, I gotta finish it, darling. You know, because she's like in love with him, clearly. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little yeah. surprised she didn't try to fuck him. That's, I'm a little I know, but she had such a weird character that way where she was so childish. Okay, I see that. In, in a way, you know, too, like her fascination with him and with his, the, the love story of his book. Yeah. Was so um, creepily innocent for a woman of her age. You know, like the, like, like I pictured her character as the forever virgin. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like the the person who like they're so they're so fucked up and have so many weird things about like the like they just wouldn't be able to emotionally handle. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised he at least didn't wake up with her cuddling him in bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. We that would have been, been a creepier. creepy scene. Yeah, um, just rubbing his face. Oh yeah, like <laughs> tell me about misery. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh god. Her freaking out about misery, like you killed her, you son mm-hmm. of a bitch. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So that freaked me out as a kid watching that. Oh, yeah. But there's parts in this movie where she freaks out. I laugh my balls off. We're just talking about the Rocket Man, like, going to see the, like, to the theater as a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he corrects her. He's like, I know that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then exactly. she's like, the next week it was start off, and he was stuck in a car. But how did he get out of the cockadoodle car? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fuck is that? Yep, Kathy yep. Bates is just so, she's so multidimensional as an actress that... You can get that out of her where she's going to make you laugh and then fear for your life. Right. Like I, I would love to. I mean, 
when that came out, we didn't have as much like access Hollywood and E. Yeah, yeah. Where you didn't hear a ton about you know behind the scenes how what their experiences were. I mean, yeah, yeah. Before Suicide Squad came out, you heard every fucking actor in oh, that movie yeah. talk about their experience with Jared Leto. Right. I would love to know like what James Caan's experience was. Where Kathy Bates comes across as a very method type actor. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can oh, only imagine insane. having to go through that on a day to day set basis. Or if she was, you know, as soon as they called cut, if she right. was. Tim, just I'm back glad to you asked because I have a fun fact about that. <laughs> a fun fact? I do. A fun fact. Uh, Kathy Bates actually ended up getting upset over the violence. Khan recalls that his co star was crying when it came to shoot the infamous scene of her breaking his uh, ankle. So Bates also cried before shooting the fight sequence at the end. So she was yeah. overwhelmed by the violence and aspect wow. of it. Just by the overall emotion of the film. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow, that is interesting. I wonder how long that movie took to film. I feel like it would have moved pretty quick. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, like the the scenes with the um, old sheriff and his wife, kind of like the, the B plot or the B yeah. scenes like yeah. that, they didn't, those scenes never rarely involved uh, Kathy Bates even. Sometimes, but you know, like, so the, you could have shot, you could have had a B unit shooting those while Khan and plus, where it's so isolated, I mean, it's easier to move around, right? You, you can knock out a lot more, a lot more pages of a script in a yeah. day, yeah, than on a bigger production because a good, a good 65 70% of that movie had to have just taken place in that house, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't find anything about how many it was shot because there's some movies you'd be surprised that are shot in like. Three weeks or right. like forty six days. Well, it's not like a major blockbuster. I mean, that's fairly average. Most of them will do a thirty, a thirty day shoot period at the longest, and then yeah. I mean, it's not like Iron Man and those that it's like here's fucking six months gone yeah. from your lives. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, they have the like how she's always mentioning about like his swearing in the books and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is funny because Stephen King would always get criticism over that in his books from fans. Uh, about the swearing, yeah. So he would, he has kind of nice little callback to him. Isn't, that, as well. isn't that funny? That's a funny thing to me. I've talked about that with like comedy, where um, oh, you look on certain comics, like comments or whatever, like that. If you do like if they're a clean comic, and like a, a lot of the favorable ratings are, are basically these comments of I, I just like that you don't have to be dirty to be funny. I don't like that you don't have to curse to be funny. Yeah, and I have zero respect for pe- for grownups who need that out of their comedy. Yeah. It's like you fucking baby, you yeah. fucking child, <laughs> that you can't handle uh, fuck, cunt. Yeah. Like those words are like, uh, mm, yeah. uh. It's like a sharp knife. Yeah. They're like, like, oh, God, you're cutting me with your curse. Yeah, words. yeah. I mean, it'd be one thing. I, I get time and a place. It'd be one thing if, like, uh, you know, Stephen King was showing up to your kid's uh, Sunday school. And be yeah. like, what are these fucking little cunts doing here learning about Jesus? <laughs> Why don't you fucking get their little fucking yeah. silly ass fucking cocks out of here? <laughs> then you'd be like, Jesus, Stephen. Get it with, come on. I'd pay to see that. I think that'd be <laughs> it would be fun to see that. But, but I get where it's like, you know, like I'm bothered when I'm out with my wife and kids at sure. like a restaurant and the table next to us is just on a fuck parade. And I'm like, really? Come on. Here? You know? Yeah. I mean, if I go to Denny's, then I'm like, well, you get what you get. Yeah. You know, it, comes, like, it comes, comes with every, every, uh, every stack of pancakes. <laughs> right. But like for like, you know, stand up or like literature, especially when it's a character. It's not like Stephen King is the narrator in these books or even if he even is a narrator. But it's not like there's a narrator going. So then these two fucking shits here 
get scared of fucking Pennywise, motherfucker, because this clown is no fucking shit scary. You know what I mean, motherfucker? It's like, it's, you know, that would be like a, I kind of wanted to be like that and have it as Larry the Cable Guy. Tell, <laughs> Larry no. the Cable Guy Stephen tells King. it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's always the character, you know? And it's like, well, if the character is some uh, Bangor, Maine, you know, blue-collar worker... You know, he's not going to be like, well, hello there, Ethel. Welcome to the, you know, place of business that you've come to. I like <laughs> yeah. your dress. You seem very nice this afternoon. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's like the book's not the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like B. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I used to always joke with people when I was in film school that, you know, when, when something was rated R, it right. stood for reality. Oh, that's okay. great. So, that's a good one. Because that is like, a good one. It's like sometimes, yeah. yeah, there's going to be those that are just out there. Like right. Pineapple Express is not a based on reality, necessarily. <laughs> right. Yeah. Necessarily. <laughs> but, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. there's plenty of those that, like, I had got into an argument with my parents one time about Spotlight this last year. Okay. And I was I like, that it's movie. rated R, but every single thing they went through in that yeah. was fucking published. Like, it's yeah. not, like, yeah. that is what was said. That's what happened. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you can't. You know, yeah. turn around and edit that just because somebody might feel bad about it. Right. That hurts the story. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, that, and that's what I, I don't like is like when people have an aversion to reality where they just don't want like the truth to be the truth. It's like, yeah. well, you just want to live in some weird fairy tale where everybody's like, like some 1950s father knows best kind oh, yeah. of, you know, weird reality like a, a or the Stepford wife kind yeah. of. Welcome to Utah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is that as. That uh, I'm sure there is that culture here. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's ninety percent of the culture here. Yeah, it is. That is that is fascinating me. Like yeah. I just uh, you you made a remark uh, last night where you said something about the Amish, and all that went through my head was, or just Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was interesting. Uh, Misery was almost turned into a Broadway play with Julia Roberts as uh, Annie. But King actually vetoed that idea because Annie, in his <laughs> that words, the weirdest fucking yeah. Broadway yeah. play ever. Julia Roberts, you cock a doodle. Yeah, yeah. That would be kind of funny. Uh, he couldn't see uh, her doing that because a brawny woman could sling a guy around, not a pixie, was a direct quote from Oh, uh, okay, okay. That's interesting. There's also that guy who went mad in a hotel nearby quote is a reference to The Shining as well. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. kind of shared. All yeah. of his are usually well, shared. Well, I, I do love that. Like, I, like I, um, I love his Dark Tower series. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, love I haven't he... read any of that. And now that this, now that the show is in production, yeah. I'm like, I've got to get on this. It's a big commitment, but it's so yeah. good. Roland the Gunslinger is like uh, such a great character. But like, but I, but, but he ties, um, he makes constant references to kind of some of the other characters from the other worlds of his books. But what a career that guy! What an amazing I know, right? career! Yeah. You know, like it is being, you know, obviously like the theatrical release is being worked on. Yeah, and that new Pennywise looks terrifying. I looks love terrifying. the new look of it too. Oh, yeah, me too. Shit. And then, and then, just how many movies have been made of his stuff, and how many like, and I love even like the non horror ones, like Hearts in Atlantis, and yeah, that's yeah. a great you know, one too. And like Stand by Me. See how I mean? It's fucking classic. Yeah, it's crazy. That was King, you know, a Shawshank Redemption's King. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, it's just how prolific he's been. Like, yeah, no, he's he's actually, it's like, I've referenced him in a couple different bits over the years, like, um, as like just my own little homage, because he uh, is my favorite, like, creator, I guess, just uh, that I, you know, when I was a kid, the first book series I got into was Stephen King. Yeah. I just noticed it was quickly different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That was it. That was it. I mean, I just, I just be a big Stephen King fan. Um, we should probably get our last one. Uh, the Big Lebowski, the big uh, 1998 cult classic. Yeah, I, I do a bit that, now about that. that. 98. Yeah. 
Wow. That's early Cohen Brothers. Yeah. yeah, I do a bit, actually, I'm working on right now about um, just what people are able to hate about how people have given, like, like a one-star Amazon reviews to The Big Lebowski, which just invalidates <laughs> really? reviews to me. You know, where it's like, because uh, that movie is so... So well put together, just oh, so yeah. well written, yeah. and so like, uh, just, just so so fascinating, uh, like creatively, like the way it was done. Like, sorry, I, I got distracted in my head as I'm thinking about. It. I remember I just uh, learned something new about that movie recently, where Jeff Daniels was talking about how he was able to bring his uh, family to set for like one or two days. I think just like one day. So anyway, he brings. His family is sad, but then he realizes on the shooting schedule that the day that the, his like and it was like his girls, I think two girls, and they're you know in school still, so they're younger. And it was the it was when they're going to shoot the scene where he's having the weird dream sequence, and he's floating underneath all those waitresses <laughs> with the skirts, yeah, you know, and looking up their skirts. And uh, and I guess the cast or whatever decided to mess with him on top of that. And during that scene, supposedly. These women wore these fake these merkins like like over their panties, so it like looked like pubic hair. And as he's going underneath the women, the the each woman gets progressively more hairy, <laughs> like like these, yeah. these huge bushes awesome. and stuff. I think it was on Conan. I think it's like a, there's a Conan clip on YouTube where you can find him talking about that. But yeah, but that movie was just so good where. John Goodman is my favorite gun. John Goodman role. Oh yeah, that's his favorite movie. <laughs> is it says, really? Yeah, that he did. Oh, that's awesome, man. Walter, it's like that's such a such a quirky. I love the le- the layers to their characters. Yeah, like I love how Walter is a Vietnam vet who converted to Judaism later in life for <laughs> for a girl who he's no longer with. And then I love that his friends don't buy that he's Jewish, but he like when he goes off about like. It's Shabbos! It's Shabbos! <laughs> you know, like, like all these crazy references. And I love uh, the the weird, like, theories that uh, are out there about the movie that, that, like, Steve Buscemi's Donnie character is supposedly not even real. Like, that, like, some people joke around that, like, what if the director is, is like, he's just a figment of Walter's imagination? Oh, I like that. That's yeah, because I, I, I haven't studied that one, but somebody was claiming that, like, nobody else directly interacts with Donnie. Like, it's always it's Walter. true, actually, yeah. once you think about it. Right, right. That he's the only one, and it never like goes anywhere. So like, like it's almost like Donnie is just in Walter's head. Well, it's like that weird theory that like Ferris Bueller, like he's the yeah, he's just Brian, Cameron's, Cameron's alter ego. Alter oh, ego, yeah. that's like like a, like a, um, a Fight Club type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah he's his uh, what is Tyler Durden? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's hilarious. But yeah, but I but I love like um and <laughs> just uh Walter's uh, just shut the fuck up, Donnie. One of my favorite scenes in there is when he's. He has told Donnie to shut the fuck up just immediately whenever Donnie tried to pipe in probably five or six times during the movie. And then Donnie finally has something legitimate to add to the conversation. And he just – but his instinct, he just goes, shut the fuck up. No, wait, wait, what? Like he just <laughs> – I love how he just leads with whenever that guy talks, he just tells him to shut the fuck up. So they did that because in Fargo, Steve Buscemi's character was overly chatty. Oh, so I did they, read that yeah. too. Yeah, so, so they're like, like they told him like shut the fuck up. It was kind of a nice callback to that. That is, oh, I love when people do that. When oh, they marry their like Stephen King. We we're talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah, combine their worlds. And I love my favorites. You now I work with a guy. Um, oh, I've ho- I've hosted a couple shows randomly for Playboy, which is a whole other weird topic. But like, um, uh, I, one of the producers I work with, this guy is his name is Larry, and so we quote that movie all the time. Where we're like, this is what happens, Larry. When you try to fuck a stranger in the ass. And I love, I love that scene. I love that scene where, first off, it's a kid. Yeah. That he's saying this to. He hands the homework in a baggie. Like, <laughs> this proof. And then I love when he smashes that car and it's some other dude. Oh, it's just. 
There's so and, and Jeff Daniels' character is so great where he's just a dipshit, really. Like yeah. the dude is not a fucking Jeff good Bridges. guy. Oh God, I keep saying Jeff Daniels. I, I always interchange yeah, those Jeff Bridges. Yeah. yeah. So Jeff. So retract all the Jeff Daniels references and re- <laughs> replace them with uh, Jeff Bridges. But um, I do that all the time. Like those those names are like interchangeable in my brain for some reason. But Jeff Bridges, when he's uh, his character is just just a loser. Yeah. Like, like just a loser. But I but I love how like as dumb or, or as uh, not dumb, but well, he is kind of dumb. Just very uh, lackadaisical. Very lackadaisical. Yeah. And, and actually not super intelligent, because I, lo- I love whenever he talks smart in the movie, it's usually a reference to something that happened in the background of a previous scene. Yeah. yeah. Like George Bush is giving that one speech in that scene, and then later he's like, man, this, this aggression will not stand, man. Yeah. And it just he's just regurgitating some shit he heard before. But I, uh, yeah, I just love that Walter is even worse than he is. <laughs> Like as as bad as the choices he makes, Walter is consistently bringing him into worse choices. And I need to do that as a costume for Halloween. I feel Walter, like, yeah, I feel like I can pull oh, off God, that, be that so well. I get you toe. I get you toe by noon. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, this one. I got stoned one of my f- first like I, it's probably like the fifth time I saw this movie. I got yeah. stoned and I was like, what if like Lebowski like. The dude is really just Jesus, and he's lazy, and his dad pays his rent, and he doesn't want everybody to call him a Jesus. He's like, I'm just the dude. Just call me the dude. Oh, right, right, right. Cause, yeah, cause you never know what he uh, – because that is a big curiosity, that movie. Yeah. It's like, how does he have a place? Yeah. Yeah. He writes a check for 69 cents for his creeper. <laughs> right, right, right. It's great. I love that ferret scene, too. They just throw a ferret into the tub with him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, those, really when the nihilists yeah. fucking break in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the cam. I love the uh, small role from Flea. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that entire era it seems like from oh yeah late eighties to late nineties was very much just hey can we throw Flea in here yeah 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 <laughs> Flea wants a part yeah um, I love because uh, with Jeff uh, Bridges too he would ask right before they would film like is a dude did you think he burned one up before he came, like came to go do this right right they right said, yeah he would take his knuckles and rub them in his eyes to get his eyes all bloodshot that i love that commitment yeah it's fucking yeah. way method i don't see you doing which, that which is Daniel funny Day because Lewis. Ha- having having briefly met jeff bridges once yeah he very much is the dude wow like, oh yeah that that's just his personality very very much oh yeah he plays it so smooth too yeah. like i yeah. love it He's just laid back and just like, yeah, just, just you know, the dude or the doodliness. And he just don't call me Mr. Lebowski. Yeah, 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 yeah. He ends up saying the only time he says his name, like I'm Jeffrey Lebowski, is at the end at the mortuary when yeah. they're picking up, uh, you know, what's his face, Steve Buscemi's uh, ashes. Blanking on his name right now. Donnie. Donnie, yes. Yeah. Which I thought, like, I didn't even remember that, so I had to go back and, like, rewatch that scene. I'm like, holy shit, they actually did say So I know, like, one thing I didn't even notice until, like, I looked up the facts is that he, Lebowski, is in every scene of the movie, no matter what. Oh, that's interesting. I, I, I didn't cut that either. Yeah, I mean, I know it's like it follows him, but I didn't realize he was in every scene. Yeah, like, one uh, part that I guess they were, when it's an establishing shot, you can see, like, uh, John, Go- John Goodman's uh, van in the background. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Sure. So it's like one of those you have to go rewatch. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, I love those, those te- attention to detail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Coens are good at that. They're good they at really just kind are. of sneaking in those yeah, little things. Layers. And, the, and the dudes are real <coughs> I don't doubt that the, the Lebowski character is based on somebody the Coen brothers. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, no in real life. Um, I also just love Julianne Moore's character, too. Uh, yeah, that was like uh, the, the peak of Julianne Moore's. She's still a beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. But that was like 
her peak as far as, you know, like, she's so, I mean, she's a great actress. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know, is classically gorgeous uh, the right way to describe yeah. it? But just, um, it's around that time, what was it, uh, this, uh, Boogie Nights, was that Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a bunch of stuff. I mean, she did that one with, uh, fuck, Joe Gordon-Levitt, that she's still pretty great at. Oh, uh. The one where he's, like, addicted to porn. Oh, I never saw that. I never saw that. That one was actually pretty good. I actually Don remember. Don Julio. Yes. Don John. Don John. Don Julio. Don Julio. What was that? Isn't that like whiskey? Uh, probably. <laughs> I love how I love it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, just, I think my favorite part of just the whole Big Lebowski essence is just his whole lot. He has a nemesis, which is the Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, oh my god, the Rounders guy, uh, uh, Turturro. Yeah, yeah, Turturro, yeah, 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 that guy, I love, yeah, that's a weird character. Oh yeah. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. What was it, sir? Yeah, yeah. Should we should we get this ball? ball. Yeah, it's such a weird, and it, 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 like, and I think they, I think like they're talking about a spin-off, uh, really? series about, about him. I can see that. I want to say I saw that in, like, Variety or something this last week. That's funny, I mean, yeah, I can see that, yeah. Well, there's a part where it flashes back to him, like, being a registered sex offender going door to door. Yeah, yeah, it's like a weird character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They said, like, to make his, because they wanted his bowls to be more bigger, they put a <laughs> bag of bird seed in his pants. Give <laughs> <laughs> off that of that That is funny. It's Coen Brothers, their attention to detail, like, I don't need a bigger bulge. Yeah, yeah, no more bulge. Give me some fucking bird seed. Yeah, yeah. I know, I used it in high school to get the latest. <laughs> Seat is legit. <laughs> uh, well, as we wrap up, um, first off, I want to thank you for doing the show. Yeah, man, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's so much fun, and uh, that's what I love about this is uh, getting people. A lot of fans like myself is like, what are some of these people's favorite movies? Cool. Yeah, no, it's fun, man. It's fun. To, uh, fun to talk about movies you love. Yeah. Well, where can uh, people find you? Follow the great stuff you're doing. Yeah, uh, DanCummins.tv links to all my social media. And, uh, you know, if you just Google Dan Cummins, that's where they, they find the iTunes and everything, all the albums. And then uh, timesuckpodcast.com is, is the new, but that's on the iTunes and Stitcher and all those places as well. And, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. And you release those uh, once a week, right? With the time yeah, every week? Monday. Yep. Nice. Yeah. <coughs> it's yeah. just a great podcast. I love it. Oh, thanks, man. I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to, I know people like who like podcasts already usually have their plates full because they listen to so many. So I'm doing my oh, best yeah. to keep it close to a half an hour each. With mine, just to kind of like, it's just like a little, a little baby, a little yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can squeeze it in your podcast schedule. And which, which I appreciate. That was one of the things I told Christopher when we had talked about it. Is that it was short enough that it did fit right in. So always let's talk. Oh, you can listen to this podcast. Do this one too. And I'm like, they're like hour and a half episodes. Like I can't. It's hard to add a lot. Yeah, of I can't add it anymore. Yeah. yeah, yours was the yours was the perfect perfect amount. Oh, of that's time. nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I listen to those Dan Dan Carlin's like hardcore history sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is a commitment. This is a five-hour podcast. Oh, shit. Jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, sometimes there are multiple... Sometimes, you know, it's like they'll talk about the Mongol Empire or whatever, and, the, and in totality, you know, if you listen to all four episodes to, to get that full story, it's like, you know, 11 hours or something. Or it's like, jeez, I can't... Yeah. Can't commit that much. That's why <laughs> Will Sasso has his ten minute podcast. Oh, that's there. Ten yeah. minutes. Wow. They've been doing yeah. it for like three, four years, and it's hilarious. He's oh, doing with uh, Crystalia and then uh, Brian Callen. Oh, song. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The things that they do in ten minutes, are fucking hilarious. That's awesome. It's good about you. That's why I like yours. It's like you pack all that great information in it. You still have fun with it, but at the same time, it's like holy shit, it was only a half hour. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, we'll definitely uh, we'll post that and definitely get people to listen to Time Suckers. But of course, go buy the new album. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Just please get Don't Wait to Bear. Because people seem to like it. So yeah, great. if you have not gotten it, fucking get it now. Because it's great. <laughs> uh, thanks. All right, thanks so much. Thanks.